0: Life Audio.
1: Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
2: Hello, welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we systematically attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, experience, and share God's freedom. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and it took me decades to recognize where God wanted me And what he wanted me to do, how he wanted me to spend the majority of my time and this whole process of first coming to recognize his leading and then gaining the courage to surrender to it, it involved a lot of inner angst and wrestling and I know that is precisely where some of you are. Some of you feel trapped in what seems like a dead-end career, and you're wondering if there's more to life than clocking in hours or checking off projects. And others of you are just beginning to sense God awakening a new passion within you. And then some of you have a strong idea as to how God might be leading, but you're terrified to take that step because in order to embrace everything God has for you, you have to be willing to release all that he hasn't assigned. And that inherently involves risk and likely at least some degree of confusion as you try to determine how your responsibility to pay the bills fits in with all of that. I brought on a guest today, Mary Gervich, to help us untangle this hugely complicated issue. Mary, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. It's a pleasure to be here and having the opportunity to speak into this conversation.
2: Well, Mary is the CEO and founder of My Promotion Plan, a career coach, and the number one bestselling author of God's Not Dumb With You, How to Advance Your Career and Live in Abundance. Her mission is to empower God's children worldwide to unlock their innate leadership potential and advance in their careers holistically. She also partners with entrepreneurs and corporations to create inclusive and sustainable cultures, which include clear-cut career advancement paths for women. And it's her goal to help women earn 1 million promotions or raises by 2030, as she works to change the perception of women in the workplace. Now she's here to speak to actually both women and men, but she does have a heart specifically for seeing women advance and and become everything that they are created to be. You can connect with her and learn more at com, and i'm going to spell that but it will be in the show notes as well so that's mary g-u-i-r-o-v-i-c-h.com and then also on mypromotionplan.com
1: inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ
2: Now Mary in your book you emphasize the importance of knowing one's worth So how does recognize who we are to Christ and in Christ how does that impact our career decisions
0: Well Jennifer the truth is, is that it impacts everything because when our identity and our worth is coming from the world then we are going to make worldly decisions in our careers we will be going for things that give us meaning and value so we'll be going after things like titles we may be striving for promotions or raises we may be trying to switch career fields because we're focusing on the external we're focusing on the identity that the world gives us but when we are centered in Christ and we know who we are and what that means through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, when we know what our inheritance is, our co inheritance with Jesus is, then we know that God has already paid everything for us. He has already given us everything and He calls us valuable. He calls us loved. He already calls us worthy. And when we know this, then we don't have to strive to be something. And if we're, our title is ever stripped away or changed or our pay is changed, then we are not less valuable because we can never be less valuable in God's eyes because he already sees us as wholly righteous. And so that's part of the inheritance that we've gained through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And that is our true identity and our true worth. And when we know this, then we have one job to do. That is to seek the kingdom of God, to love God. That's what he tells us to do, love God and love others. And when we're focused in that direction, then the titles and the salaries and all of those types of things, they kind of go away because we're not trying to to obtain these things. We're trying to fulfill God's will in our lives.
2: Yeah, you know, my ministry, Holy Love Ministries, we have a phrase. We say we are fully known, wholly loved, and sufficiently empowered. And I was thinking about that as you were speaking. I sometimes wonder if we truly recognize the power available to us by the Holy Spirit.
0: I I know I didn't. I was saved back in 2009. That's when I accepted Jesus into my life. I was raised in the church. Um, So I did, you know, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, I did the whole deal. So I've heard of the Holy spirit, but I didn't really understand who the Holy spirit was and what the Holy spirit, what that role was and the authority and the, you know, the strength that the Holy spirit really gave to me and that I had access to use the Holy spirit. And So I know when I was first saved back in 2009, and I not only knew that Jesus existed, but I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and I gave my life to him, my heart was instantly transformed. And I would later learn that that was the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm getting this new heart. But until my mind was renewed and until I really started to understand God's word and understood how the Holy Spirit worked, I wasn't using the Holy Spirit to my benefit in life. And God has given us this. He says, I'm, I'm, you know, Jesus tells you, I am going to leave you with a helper that is greater than me. Like it is actually better for me to go away before you. It is better for me to go away. And so the Holy Spirit is available to us, the Holy Spirit is living in us and it gives us our strength. And I think that's one thing that's really important is to, for us to surrender to God, to surrender to the Holy Spirit, because God is in control, but he's not controlling. And so he wants us to come with that humble heart. He wants us to come surrendered. And that's what it looks like when we say, God, well, your strength is greater than mine. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Holy Spirit, work through me. Holy Spirit, show me, give me wisdom, give me understanding. Then we're we're humbling ourselves. And I think sometimes we get that wrong picture of humble, but the more we can lean on the Holy Spirit, the more it shows that we are humbling ourselves and we are recognizing that when we are less, he is more.
2: Yeah, very good. So when you were working on your promotion plan, what kind of fears did you struggle with? Like Before you walked into that office or even before you sat down and said, "Like, I, I think I'm called to more. I'm going to wrestle through with this. And so walk us through that a bit.
0: Yeah. So before the promotion plan even came into existence, my husband and I would have these conversations where he would be telling me how capable I was of being an executive. And I would tell him every reason why I wasn't capable. And I was finding these little small mistakes that I had made, or these, these qualities that I didn't have that weren't exactly alike the, like the people that were in those positions. And so there was all of this fear. And that's really what I've learned is when I am, I'm saying, Hey, I'm not capable of doing something. It's not coming from an actual place of capability or talent or ability. It is coming from a place of fear. And I can see this pattern in my life. I did it with running. I'd say, well, I'm not a runner, but when we can change that belief, and that's what happened for me first, that belief was changed. I was at a leadership meeting and during that meeting, you know, it was, I was inspired. To to lead, and I stood up from that meeting, and I said, "I'm going to be the next COO of this company." And in that moment, the COO was like, "You should do that." Well, here I thought I had ten years. Well, that position opened up three months later, and so now I knew that I had to go down the hall and ask my boss for this open position. And. I I did. I was nervous. I was really scared. Um, I had a lump in my throat, a knot in my stomach. My hands were sweating, and I just prayed to God. I just said, God, you know, help me, give me your strength, please. Just just be here with me. Whatever I could think of to pray in that moment, I was just praying. And I walked into that office, and I heard the words. You know, when I asked for that promotion, they said, "We're not sure that you're right for the position, but if you can do the job, then you can get the pay and the title." And you know, I thought about all of the extra work I had done. I've really done a lot of extra work. i would given up weekends. I, I wasn't really balancing my life the way Christ wanted me to. If I'm being completely honest here, I was overworking a lot because I thought that's what it took to advance. And so I was striving and I was giving up weekends and evenings and lunches and mornings and all of the things. And that still wasn't enough. I was named team member of the year, the year before I had the largest and most successful coaching load. And all of these things didn't seem to matter. I was in the position leading up to it. And, you know, this is a point in time where I really had to lean into God even more because I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure this thing out. Like, God, let's figure this thing out. And I was kind of failing on all attempts. And I was sitting at work one day on my day off and my husband, he called me and he said, Mary, my company's going in a different direction and I'm thinking I'm going to be out of my job. So my husband, the breadwinner is losing his job. I can't earn a promotion. And we just had our fourth child. And this peace just came over me in this moment. And as I was absorbing all of these thoughts and feelings and God just told me, he said, Mary, make a plan because I had all of these ideas. It was just showcasing them. That was challenging because every time we tried to verbally communicate, it was met with devil's advocates or, you know, we were going in a different direction And so God told me, make this plan. And I didn't really know what this plan was, but he said to make it. So I just, I started just working on it and I would pray through it every day that we were work. I was working on this plan with God. I'm just like, okay, God, like you tell me what to do. You tell me how to make this thing. And He did. He helped me every step of the way. And then I went to turn it in. A few weeks later, I turned it in and I was nervous that day. I just slipped it in on my boss's office before they got there in the morning. And that's when they came to my door and they said, this is so impressive. When are we going to meet about this? We met the next day. And that's when I became vice president of operations. And it was through this journey, you know, of just lots of time in prayer And I was reading my Bible, but the thing I just remember the most about that point in life is really leaning into God and just, I, there's been times in my life where there's just such a knowing that this is the thing that it's supposed to be, but I have to take those steps forward. And so I have to be obedient to God. If God says, Mary, make a plan, I have to make the plan. I have to turn it in. And it was just this peace that was over me, even though there was fear, it wasn't debilitating. And I was thinking in positive ways.
2: Mm -hmm. When I'd be interested to know too, I think sometimes it can feel like you said, there was three months later, this opens up and we can feel like it happened all in an instant. But I think a lot of times if we look back over our lives, we can see how God has kind of been preparing us and building into us for, you know, whatever lies ahead. Can you look back and you say, you know, I can definitely see how he was building maybe resiliency or or focus or or those core character traits that that helped you when it came time to to step into that role?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, God gives us talents. He gives us gifts and what he tells us is that we have to use those gifts and whatever we are willing to, to use and invest in, he will, you know, double, triple, quadruple those investments, but we have to be willing to use it. And so over the years before Um, working for the company I was working for, I actually was in hotel restaurant management. So I'd actually already been a successful manager before. I just had never managed in this role. And each time that they kind of came to me to help hire somebody, it just never occurred to me that I should step up and say, hey, I can be the manager. But God is always giving us opportunities. And so another opportunity that he gave me was to work in this wellness center. So I actually switched from the hotel restaurant industry, the hospitality industry. And I went over and I was now working in a wellness center and I started off as a front office assistant in this place. Even though I was a a manager previously, I was working as a consultant with, you know, multiple fortune 500 companies, but I started off, off as a front office assistant. And there was a piece about that. When I got that job, I knew it's where I was supposed to be. And it was really weird because logically it didn't make any sense but being in that role gave me an opportunity for a year to actually work in a clinic. And so in my role, what we were doing is we were coaching um, other functional medicine practitioners and clinics how to put this model into place. And so here I was, working in this model. And then I got to become the first team member. And so I knew everything about the company from the ground up. And so I got to see and witness the business being built. And so there were many things that I had to step out. One of the things was I wasn't really a public speaker I wasn't Did not want to be on video like please like even thinking about being on a podcast I would have just been like no like you've got the wrong person but over time you know God would just show me like okay this is your next project this is the next thing you now are going to speak to this group of people so here I was speaking to hundreds of people time and time again and all of these opportunities prepared me for where I was going to be. And so I think it's, as God tells us in the Bible, you know, those that are faithful in little will be given much. And so it's being faithful no matter where we're at. Because one of the things you said at the beginning was, you know, sometimes we're not feeling like we're in the the place we really want to be. And it's not about always feeling it in our emotions. It's about working for the Lord and working with excellence in everything that we do.
1: Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.
2: In Priscilla Schreier's The Voice of God, she talks about how if you miss like this step today, you're going to be ill-prepared for the step that comes. And I was thinking about Elizabeth, so John the Baptist's mom. And if you know, in scripture, it tells us that that both she and her husband were infertile for a really, really long time. So that was like their waiting season where they probably had this because we know God gave them a baby and that was his plan for them. So they probably sensed that in their spirit, but they had to wait. And I wondered, as I was thinking about that, just knowing what a big deal back in Bible times it was to have children, especially for women, and that she potentially probably faced ridicule and mocking and judgment, but then. I wondered if that enabled her to raise a son who then was able to live differently, live focused on how God led without following the societal norms and not get caught up in. I'm sure he experienced people mocking him. He was a Nazirite from birth, so he lived differently, strange. And so... I kind of wonder how much preparation God did in that painful, long waiting season for the exact role that He had for Elizabeth later. And I was kind of thinking about that as you're, you're sharing your story a little.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's unique because even as you were saying that, the Holy Spirit was kind of speaking to me, part of that preparation, maybe too. So she could have been the best mom to John because here he is he has to come and really humble himself because it's like he's the baptizer but it is not about him so he has to point everything to jesus and so she has had to endure these things and these these you know not not having a positive spotlight on her and so yes maybe john the baptist people were like oh he's the baptizer right but it was always not about him and there's definitely seasons like that in all of our lives and we we can't connect the dots looking forward, we can only connect them looking back. But our faith is that God knows what those next dots are in the future. And that's why he tells us, you know, be joyful in everything, find joy, be thankful. And so no matter what work we're doing, and when we think about work too, the other thing, Jennifer, is that we're, we're thinking about Western culture work. And That's not, it's not the same for everybody. And even in our culture, things have changed over time. You know, we haven't always had the same opportunities. So to always think we're going to have like, God is always preparing us. And I think that's the thing to remember is that he's always preparing us. And what is right in front of you right now is the most important thing that we can do with excellence because God has given us that work today. And so just to never belittle what he's given us and just knowing that if he's going to bring us to something, he's going to have prepared us for us because he will never put us in a position that we are not ready for. We can put ourselves in positions we're not ready for, but he will never put us in a position that he has not prepared us for or will not help carry us through.
2: Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's just bringing people around us too, to fill in our gaps. You talked about how you saw the other people who are leading and they had this, you know, they, they maybe led differently. They had different strengths, different personalities. And it sounds like you saw at least initially your uniqueness as a liability. I, and I would love to hear, did you end up discovering how your uniqueness was actually an asset? Yes.
0: So if you are working your way up, like I was,
2: the reason they said,
0: Hey, we want you to, because what happened was I turned in one plan. I got promoted to vice president of operations. I turned in another one. Another year later, I got promoted the chief operating officer. The plans worked so well for implementing. I turned in another one. And that's when I was told I was on track to be CEO. And this is like when the big gap came for me because I'm like CEO, like how, like what? Like, it was just something that never occurred to me that I could be a CEO. And through my studies, I've realized that that's true for a lot of people, um, especially women, until somebody else tells us, we don't even realize that it's a possibility for us. But looking at the other person, we think, okay, well, if, if they must want us or think that we can be like this person. But the truth is, is that they want you to be the best version of yourself. So if you are moving up, It's about continuing with what you are doing because the person that's in that role, your goal isn't to replace that person. Your goal is actually to, to perform better than that person. And so you are going to have strengths and abilities and characteristics. And so the best thing you can do is be authentically you. And we know that God gifts each and every one of us and our gifts are different, but they all work together. He doesn't value one gift more than another. And so we should not put down our gifts either. We should develop them and use them to our fullest abilities. And when we focus on who we are, and we focus on being the best versions of ourselves with the talents and the skills that we have, then we're going to perform optimally. And the other thing for us to remember is that, you know, God is here. We, we learn in Psalms 75, six through se- six through seven, that, you know, Exaltation comes neither from the east, nor the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. So he can put down one and he can exalt another. So he is really the one that is opening doors and closing doors and he, he is working in people's minds and hearts, just like he did with the Pharaoh with the Israelites back in Egypt he can harden someone's heart towards you or he can soften it. And so God will open those doors. So it's not about us being perfect. It's about us being obedient. And it's about us acting in excellence with the gifts we've been given and not just leaving them on a shelf.
2: Yeah, because none of us will, will ever perform perfectly. If we if we could, we wouldn't need Jesus. But I think a lot of our courage comes from not just understanding who we are and who we are in Christ, but really his nature as a loving, faithful, attentive father. I think if we, we can kind of shift our, our focus a little bit and just, just lift our gaze upward. And I, I'm reminded of Peter. So one of the apostles, and when Jesus called him into ministry, he was a fisherman. And so he probably would have been middle, middle, Middle class, like medium income. And that's what he'd known. That's how he provided for himself and for his family. And that was probably his sense of security. And then he encounters Jesus one day, and Jesus tells him, Hey, go fish again after he had already had a really failing night of fishing and he does and he gets this massive amount of fish so much so that like his boat starts to sink and then he leaves everything like the the catch of a lifetime the bonus of a lifetime the salary of a lifetime to follow jesus and i've always wondered looking at that story how much if if he recognized okay so this man here which we know is god but but this man here the messiah he can give me, he he just gave me everything I would need to survive. If I were to stay in this place, therefore I can leave the safety net that I thought I was building because I'm going to follow the provider instead of the provision.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that story is so beautiful because just seeing Peter's faith, because here's the thing. Peter had been fishing all night, like you said, and now Jesus is preaching from his boat and Peter is cleaning out his nets. So not only did he fish all night and not catch anything, but now he's all cleaned up And here. This guy, Jesus is like, Hey, we're, we're going to go out fishing again. And Jesus is a carpenter. So the carpenter, the teacher is like, we're going to go, we're going to go fishing. Let's go fishing again. And you know, Peter is faithful to say, yes, master, like he goes fishing with him. And it's that act of faith that comes before he was asked to be a disciple. And so in our careers, we are given opportunities and God may be calling you to do something. And it's that act of faith the same way, you know, today I can teach people how to put promotion plans together and advance in their careers on the spot and obtain things that that they hadn't been able to obtain in the past. But if I was not faithful in putting my own plan together, when God told me to, I wouldn't have that opportunity today. And so it's the obedience in the small things here, an expert career fisherman was being told by a carpenter, let's go fish again. And (laughs) it's this faith. And whenever, you know, Peter sees all the fish, it's like, he knows like this man is even in control of the fish. Because he already used all of his own strength. He used every bit of his own strength to try to catch those fish um, because he needed to. And if he didn't need to catch the fish, I don't think he'd be out all night, but he did. And so he left it all out there. And so whenever he's now taking that shift, it's easier because he was already faithful. And so our faith, not in who we are in our strength, but in who God is in his strength, and what he says is ours is where our confidence in our careers really needs to come from, because it's not about always the logic. Because if Peter would have went off of logic, he would have said, I'm not going fishing. I've already fished all night. This is the worst time to catch fish. Not going to happen. But that's not how God works. And so we can't look at the logic and the probability like the world
2: teaches us to. Absolutely. Not. And I have encountered so many people who are in a place that they hate, where they feel like their soul is slowly dying. And, and some of them, I have seen a call on their life and I have even spoken that to them and I've, and I've heard them speak it, but then that fear keeps them from moving forward. And I wonder with, like with Peter, let's just use his, him as an example. Imagine if he'd said no that day, if he said, you know what? There's, there's too much of a risk to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to stay and I'm going to fish the rest of my life. And so I I think we have to ask ourselves when we're facing that moment of fear, that moment of decision. And I think there can be a big, so we have all those little steps, but sometimes God's like, okay, jump. It's time to jump. I've taught you. I've taught you to tiptoe now go forward. And We have to ask ourselves, one, do we really believe God is who he says he is? And then two, what am I really risking if I am throwing away all these fish for true fulfillment and joy and peace and intimacy with Christ? Sometimes we we work so hard trying to achieve happiness in our own idea of what it is that we rob ourselves of it or to achieve security that we rob ourselves of the very security we seek. When Jesus is saying, follow me. And I'm going to give you. I will be your immovable security and your provider and your source of joy and strength.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's two things here because one is it's like you're being called somewhere else, but you're not. You're not making that move because of that fear or that insecurity or that you're not trusting the Lord, or maybe you're not being called somewhere else, and now you feel like, okay, what am I supposed to do here? Um, And you know, the the beautiful thing is in. Most situations, you know, leaning into God is the answer, right? He tells us to seek him first, seek him above all else and everything else will be added to us. He doesn't want us to worry about our food. And that's one thing that comes up a lot for me. Like, don't worry about food or clothing or these types of things. He he doesn't want us to worry about this. There are other things that he wants us doing with our time and our energy and our thoughts. And so if we are in a career and we feel like, man, you know, this isn't where I thought I would be. This isn't where I, I want to be. I'm not feeling fulfilled here. Well, there's a couple of things that we have to, we have to really, really think about. Um, And the first thing is if you're still here, God is not done with you. He has a plan for you and he has a purpose for your, for your life. Um, I've missed the mark too, and haven't always acted in faith. So if you're like, man, God called me to something. I didn't act in faith. Then you can repent for that. So God calls us to repent and turn back to him. So maybe you're in that place and that's what you need. And you can do that. You can ask God for another chance, be patient and thankful for whatever work that you are doing currently and lean into that. You want to do that with excellence. And like I said earlier, in Western culture, we tend to think that that people, ourselves included, we have this tendency to think that we only have so long that we're actually like capable of, of living a, out a fulfilling career. But God can use anyone at any age to perform the good works that he has created for you in advance to do. So don't limit yourself thinking that you've missed the mark. Your time is still there. It has not passed. Remain open and faithful for the work because God can call you into it. Amen. You know God, anything is
2: possible. Yeah. And I always say, don't, don't tell God, no, let him be the one to tell you, no, don't tell him, no, don't tell him no for him. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for, for joining us today, Mary, so much, to so much great stuff. I, to our listeners, I would encourage you to check out her website. She has a lot of resources that, that she can help you walk through some of these challenging, confusing, and actually exciting questions. And if you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to share it with your friends and and rate it. That encourages our team and it helps others to find it. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, Loud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this,